Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Please give a warm welcome for Mr. Mark Homer. Well, good evening. It's uh, sort of new year, new start, loads of new goals. I've seen sort of quite a few people quite excited uh, with a lot of quite positive stuff on Facebook. I think it's quite important to sort of keep on keeping on. Make sure that, you know, what you were doing last year, you don't just dump it all because you're, you're into this sort of new phase. Why not take what you were doing last year and sort of add 20% on and make it just a little bit better? So I think, you know, that's got to be the theme for this evening. Um, keep on keeping on. I've been doing, uh, I don't do loads of deals. I probably only have maybe two, three, four maximum deals on at any one time. Um, so this evening, I'm just going to do a case study of a deal that I've been running now since sort of early mid part of last year. Um, so all the time it's moving on uh, and I'm going to tell you, um, sort of explain to you where we are, how we got there um, and um, sort of, you know, where the money is in the deal. I'm going to give you a few sort of tips and tricks to help you along uh, and then we're going to do a Q&A session at the end. So last year, we bought that building uh, in the middle of Peterborough. So it's quite a big building. It's 80,000 square foot. Um, not as big as this building. Um, so, so if this is 1.2 million square foot, you can sort of fit quite a lot of those in here. But it's still quite big. I'd say it's one of the biggest buildings in the middle of Peterborough. Uh, in some ways, that's good. In other ways, it creates quite a few challenges you can imagine when you've got a really big building and it's not that high, what does, it, what does that usually mean? So it's very deep. It, 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 it obviously occupies a big area. In fact, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge area in the middle of town. But of course, the middle of the building is what? It's quite dark. So you've got this huge space in the middle that you can't get much light into. Okay? Uh, and that's, that's sort of a challenge. So... Um, when we bought this, it, it was off market, got offered to a, a couple of people uh, and there were, you know, lots of things that sort of made it more difficult for them. Uh, but I thought, you know, we can take this on and, and sort it. So that's what it was. It was Marks and Spencer's. They built it in the sort of 50s, 60s and then they put a big extension on it. Um, and then B&M stores moved in. So uh, has anybody heard of B&M? Okay, most of you. I'd sort of heard of them, but I'd never been in one. Um, <laughs> why, why are you laughing? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Pound Shop. Yeah, Poundland. So, actually, Poundland bid as well. They, they were going to, I think they were interested in becoming a tenant. I had an offer from Sports Direct as well uh, for, for the whole lot, but we rejected it. Um, but, yeah, B&M went in there. Um, and they started uh, trading there sort of middle of last year. So they, they're paying rent of 285000 a year. So that just comes in sort of every month, and they've signed quite a long lease, a nine-year lease, or, or it was a 10-year lease, 
which is now a, a nine-year lease. And yeah, they trade out of there. So what are the sort of stores are like B&M? Has anyone any idea? Wilco, Wilkinson's, yeah. <coughs> I think you've been somewhere before, haven't you? <laughs> Home bargains, yeah, I don't know that one. Um, maybe range is a little bit better, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're quite a good retailer. So does the fact that they are a sort of discount, sort of low-end retailer, does that mean that they're a good or bad tenant? Doesn't necessarily impact upon it, does it? What does matter? They pay the rent, yeah. Well, I, I generally appreciate that with residential tenants as well, but... Um, yeah, so their financial strength, okay? So their financial strength's probably the key most important sort of factor. And, you know, how people feel about them in the marketplace. So the financial strength of, of that company is about... They're worth about 400, 500 million, their net worth, something like that. So that means that when, when they sign a lease, the value of that bit increases quite significantly. What kind of yield do you think it might be worth, the percentage of, of the rent? So it might be 7 to 8%, something <coughs> like that. You're about right. So once we acquired this, once those guys have gone in, um, I generally don't sort of keep stuff that's yielding at that sort of level um, because a lot of what I keep might yield 15, 16, 17, 18% uh, because of how we structure it. So I look to offload that, I look to sell it, okay? So what we did, we sold that on a 999 lease, okay? So that area of the ground floor, we wrote a lease to a council. A council actually bought it. Why do you think they might buy something like that? They're miles away, this council. Why would they buy something like that? So it might be pension fund, although I suspect it, it isn't in this case. Steady income and, and a really sort of solid income which they know they're going to get. So they know they'll get 285 grand for the next nine years. And these guys, you know, there's a good likelihood that they'll sort of go again, sign again. And if not, someone else is likely to go in. Okay. So that's what we sold. And we got all SOP to um, market it. Um, and they marketed it for, I think it's just shy of 4 million, 3963 million, um, and, um, which is... 6.75% because the agents, they always take a little bit off for the purchasing costs. Uh, and also, if there's any rent free, they take that off the price as well. So there was a bit of rent free um, and um, that's what they marketed it for. Had it on for several months, had a few offers, a little bit low. Um, obviously, Sports Direct um, offered for the whole building. I think they offered 5.25 for the whole building, which I said no to. But a council came in and bought just that ground floor bit for 3.665 million and they completed just before Christmas. So that's done, it's gone. So they've got it for a thousand years, that little bit there, and they're, they're sort of the income stream is just about to start for them. On the front, just on the left-hand side there, you probably notice, you see the little black bit? Uh, if the, can you see that? Well, I'll just point at it. <laughs> this little area here. That's a little bit of empty retail. Why is that there? Has anybody any idea why that bit of empty retail is there? The entrance to the top floors. Yeah, it was the entrance to the top floors, which we retained. Because if a retailer was going to go in on the top floor, they'd need to have an access from the street. Yeah? 
Everyone understand that? So it's a, a retailer for the top floors. Pretty good. That retailer, um, sort of, uh, we had it, well, had a couple of offers, you know, to use that as their ground floor entrance and then to, 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 to go upstairs. But I didn't want to do that. Why didn't I want to do that? Because most of what I do is converting stuff for residential. That was my real interest in this building. Um, so we managed, I put that on the market and um, I managed to get it away through networking and visiting people and eventually I saw the housing association about, about the apartments above. And in the end they said, well, we don't, want, we, we don't want the space for the apartments, but that bit that you've got left, we want it for our shop. And I thought, well, what does the housing association want sort of a bit of retail for their shop for? And they, they were a little bit guarded and then they sort of explained that they were going to turn it into um, a, a unit to sell their developments from. Um, so this is what it's going to look like. So they're going to make it pretty, pretty nice actually and spend quite a lot of money. The big challenge with this building was this, this big area here. Can you see this, this sort of dark area here? Can you see that? What do you think we're going to need to do with that? Sorry? I want one to so clearly, we've, we've had loads of discussions um, with you know, various people over how we get light in. We're putting some roof lights in here, in this section here. But we have to make sure every sort of uh, lounge, kitchen, diner, and every bedroom looks out. Now, it depends which council you're dealing with and sort of what the officers think. But you know our officers are quite sure that that's what they want. They don't want stuff just looking into a courtyard. They won't have it. Um, so obviously we've had to re-engineer it. I put like phew, must have been like nearly 20 flats in here initially, uh, and it came right out here. And they were just like, yeah, no, you're not doing it. And then eventually the, the guy at the top just said I could forget the whole thing. So so we've cut this right back. This slab will need to come out. So so part of the roof will need to come out. So that's quite costly. So that's quite a big challenge, uh, and you know we've had to sort of work our way around that. You'll also notice um, that these are very big units; they're massive. Um, so the the sort of capital value of those units won't be as good. But what's the alternative with those spaces? Training program for you. Sorry. Training center for you. Training center. <laughs> I did mention something yeah. a bit like that to Rob. I I thought about just putting sort of units around the edge and then this area here was going to be about 7,000 square foot which is quite big um, and uh, I thought I could do some storage in there but it's on the first floor uh, you know one of those self storage centers but I just who'd go up there um, sorry a uh, live work yeah maybe yeah mm. maybe not a bad <laughs> idea is it <laughs> um, you, you could do that um, but in the end, I just thought, well, do you know what? It's probably better putting bigger flats in and getting a lower sort of value per square foot because uh, you still end up having to convert the other spaces, don't you? You've still got to put all the sort of, you know, flooring in and the, the ceilings and, you know, all the, all the other stuff. So you, you may as well get paid something for it and do sort of big units. What about above that? Well, it's pretty simple because we just build on the top. So... Uh, we'll probably put a timber frame on. And in these areas here, you've obviously got good light going in. I mean, that's sort of north-facing, so that's less good. Uh, but this area here, south-facing, 
it's pretty uh, pretty easy to do it. Having to work, you know, through uh, quite a few solutions to to make that, um, you know, what what we need in terms of light. Done a load of calculations for them to show there's enough light going into these windows. <laughs> in order to slice report after report, um, um, but um, yeah, I think we're pretty much there with that. Um, so we've got two floors of that, and then we've got another floor on the roof. Put that on, taken that out. It's been a, a constant sort of moving feast. Why do you think that? It, why do you think that creates quite a lot of complication with a building like this? What do you have to do every time you switch it around like that? Yeah, new drawings, yeah. What, what else? Sorry? Well, it's not built yet, so, I mean, yeah, I won't be setting titles up until the end. Why else? Yeah, structure, because obviously, you know, you're building on top of a retailer, you know, you've got, you've got an existing structure, so the engineers have to go through everything every time and work out how to do it. So, um, yeah, that should, should give you a, a pretty good idea. So this building has, has taken quite a long time to you know, develop in terms of the, the strategy around the layout and all of the issues around the, the, the sort of light. Um, and in addition, because of the very, very deep floor plate, you've got quite big travel distances. So we might have to put sort of two lifts in instead of one. I normally put none in, um, <laughs> but I'm sort of having to um, soften a bit um, <laughs> on this one. Um, so yeah, and there's um, yeah, there's there's sort of loads of new stuff I'm 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 learning. Construction costs. Well, I don't know where that is at the moment uh, because why is that? Don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Sorry. Engineering. Engineering is a really big thing. How much do you think the steel is? If you want to go up, if you if if because one engineer said, oh, you'll have to put loads of steel in. How much do you think that is? Just the steel, half a million pounds. So I'd quite like to put timber frame up, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, sorry. Recycle what? Recycle concrete. Okay, so that's a, that's another one which hasn't been mooted on this. Um, but it depends on the engineers. What happens when you talk to engineers? If you get three engineers in, what do they what do they say you can do? Three different things. Honestly, what happens if you get three different sort of building regs, um, uh, or five different things? Yeah. Um, what happens if you get three different sort of building regs uh, inspectors in? Often they also say you can do three different things, ten different things. Yeah. yeah. So it depends who you talk to. So I've got two engineers on this. Uh, at the moment we're doing more pile testing, um, which is quite loud. Um, so sort of waited till Christmas had happened because we've got some special sort of extra considerations with this building, haven't we? And what are they? Yeah. We've got tenants, haven't we? Um, and I, I do remember, um, yeah, well, let's just say they get excited uh, if um, <laughs> things go into their demise. So uh, it's probably not a good idea. Um, so you have to be quite careful. Finance and legal is probably about a million and then professionals about half a million, something like that. So that's my sort of budget cost. Um, so when Glenn's doing his projects, what sort of things is he looking at? Well, he'll be doing permitted development. Most of my stuff is planning. Most of the permitted development or the office schemes where I am, they're all like £100 a foot. Basically, f just for the residential space on this building, 
they'd probably be selling it probably for about four or five million because you don't need planning permission to convert them. So they're, in my area, they're not my favorite deals because I just think you go into them on the back foot, depending on what it is and where it is. In areas sort of on the south coast, maybe other higher value areas, it may be easier to make them work because the values are so much higher. Um, but um, it's starting to get quite silly where we are. Um, they're paying lots and lots of money. There's a 60,000 square foot building just sold for 108 pound a foot and finished it's only worth about 250 a foot. So the, the sort of bit in between, the development costs and all that sort of stuff, there's not loads left over. Where are those guys coming from? London. Always. They, they drive up the A1 <laughs> and they get to Peterborough and they look at these buildings and they look cheap and they're like, how can it be this cheap? Because it's not very far from London. But what don't they know about Peterborough? Sorry? Say <laughs> <laughs> so that again. They don't know most of it, no. <laughs> what else don't they know about Peterborough? Sales prices, that would be a good start, yeah. I mean, Right Movie's quite readily available and Right Move sold, yeah. What else don't they know? Rent, rent business. Yeah, re rental levels, which obviously are relevant. What else don't they know? Your builders. Builders, yes. They probably, probably pay more, yeah. So, what else don't they know about Peterborough? Everything. <laughs> Sorry? You've got it covered. <laughs> no, they don't realise that the average wage is about 67 pence. So <laughs> it's not high in comparison to a lot of the other areas around. So, you know, that has quite a big impact. What does that mean for sales values? They can't, people can't afford to sort of, you know, pay lots of money for these units. Yes, there's help to buy. I actually applied for help to buy on this scheme this afternoon. I sat there on my laptop and did the online application, it's bloody easy. Has anyone done one before? No. Helped by, it's not hot, you, I mean, I'm not all the way through. <laughs> maybe I've got all the hoops to go through and maybe I'm sort of being a bit naive. But um, yeah, I went on and registered this afternoon and sort of put all my details in. I don't know how much allocation they're gonna give me. Uh, but Help to Buy is very useful for sites like this because the government put 20% of the purchase price into it. So the um, homeowners only then need to, to borrow 80% of the value, which is pretty good really, uh, which means that they're putting a 5% deposit down. So it makes it a lot more affordable and the deposit comes down a lot. I've seen a few developments where the stamp duty has been subsidised. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they do that. Um, actually, stamp duty has just changed for first-time buyers. Uh, I think it's up to, is it 300,000? Yeah. I think it's zero, isn't it? Zero, up to yeah. 300,000. Yeah. So they're not paying anything anyway. Now, um, they were. Um, well, I wonder why that's come about. <laughs> Just take it off the asking price. It's a stunt. It's a stunt. Yeah. Well, it, it, it probably, yeah, but this is the government. The government have actually taken the stamp duty away. No, no, sorry, not the stamp. I'm talking about developers offering stamp duty. Oh, incentives. Yeah, yeah as the banks call them. That's why they have that special form <laughs> yeah. so that surveyors can add the incentives back on. Um, 
which is what they often do. Now, I think it was Jeremy Corbyn that probably did that one when he jumped on stage in front of all the students at Glastonbury and promised them no, no sort of university fees um, and sort of um, beer and sandwiches at number 10. I think, <laughs> I think we've probably got more of this sort of stuff because there's this, 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 this issue that's been going on for the last, I don't know, multi-decade now where it's becoming harder and harder for people to buy, prices have carried on going up, things are unaffordable and people, well, they haven't got a deposit. I suspect quite a few of them haven't got a deposit because they haven't saved for the deposit, <laughs> which <laughs> there are is, uh, coffees are expensive. There is something in that, but also maybe wages aren't, you know, sort of keeping pace with house prices. So obviously they're looking to find new ways to help uh, first-time buyers and people who, have, who don't own homes. And I suspect you'll see more and more of that sort of stuff coming which is probably quite useful if you're a developer because you're on the right side of it if you're supplying units to sort of people wanting to live in them. Uh, I think that's what the government are, have been trying to encourage and I suspect there'll be more stuff. Did you see the bonuses at Christmas of like the big builders? They are making stacks and probably a lot of it out of help to buy um, and I don't know. It, they said it was going to be like the bankers' bonuses, but it seems soon seemed to go away, didn't it? But the government are definitely supporting it. Postman was on the news last night. Yeah, was it? Oh, again. All oh, right. Well, I hope it goes away. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another big thing for this site was the vacant building credit. Um, that can be very useful. What do you get when you? sort of take a commercial building and you convert it or you do a new build, what do you have to pay the council? We do have to pay them business rates. What else? Sill. So that's community infrastructure levy. What's that? It's a tax. What else? Uh, you don't get council tax on commercial building, you get business rates. What, what else? 106. That's another tax. And what's the third one? Sill. That's the first one. <laughs> Just testing. <laughs> oh, texting. I'm speaking. Well, and what's the third one? Third one's affordable, uh, affordable housing contributions. Okay. So whenever you're doing a, a site that requires planning permission, you have to pay, maybe sometimes none, but often one or all of those. Okay. So where I am, there's no sale above 14 units, but you have to pay affordable housing. Uh, and there's no 106 where I am. But if you were in London, you'd probably have all three. So on this site, I've got l a huge affordable housing bill because I'm not going to build them a load of units you know, and have affordable on site because the Housing Association probably won't want them. So what does that mean? Well, you end up just having to give them a bribe, just give them a load of money. So on this vacant building credit, you can apply that that came in, in last year, June 16. Um, and June 16, a Supreme Court, the Supreme Court decided that actually it was going to be reinstated. We've had a couple of questions, but I'm happy to answer more for those who have got them. So when you buy one of these buildings, the, the key is to find out, A, to get the contract right, okay? So you need to make sure that when you buy it, you're allowed to claim those allowances, okay? The next thing is you need to make sure that the previous owners didn't claim the allowances. And what these allowances are, they're, they're plant and machinery uh, allowances. So, I don't know, there might be air conditioning, there might be, there's a bloody generator in there that's 
I mean, it's the size of a room. <laughs> there's uh, like electricity switch gear, there's, you know, all the signage, there's massive heating systems, boilers, all that sort of stuff. All that stuff gets identified by a capital allowance accountant or, or surveyor, uh, which it sounds like John is, um, and they put it into a report. And generally, roughly, if you take the purchase price and you multiply that by about 20%, depending on the type of the building, that's generally what you'll get in allowances. We got a little bit more than that because this is retail uh, and he just found more stuff, even piping and things like that. So that can then get offset as a loss against tax. Um, so if it's a limited company, you'd be offsetting at 20%. If you're in an LLP, you might be offsetting at 40%. I see. Yeah. Uh, they were. They were retail. Yeah. It was all Marks and Spencers. Yeah. And you sound as if you're going to have a housing association take yeah. a lease from you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 For all of it, or you no, just them? just that little bit on the front. So about sixteen hundred square foot. Oh, yes, sorry. You see, you see the far left, that I black... They were some from you. I, I talked to them about that. I talked to them about taking the whole lot upstairs and they thought about it for a while and then sort of came back and went, no. And I think the, the director left. It's the usual stuff, isn't it? They sort of looked at it, took two months and then, and then the director sort of left or got fired or whatever. A new one came in and, um, yeah. So is this built to rent for you? Um... So most of the, I have talked to a couple of those guys actually, uh, PRS um, funds um, and um, yeah, they, they won't really offer enough. Um, so for me, it's, it's actually selling most of it, but I think the first floor we'll end up keeping. Yeah. So mix, mix, yeah, we will keep, we'll keep the freehold uh, and then I might end up with a load of ground rents, hadn't I? <laughs> I was going to sell them, but I, d I was thinking, I was thinking about this a um, couple of nights ago, it wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? I mean, hi, what's your name? Catherine. Hi, Catherine. How confident were you that you were going to fill that huge great detail? So I, I did not technically fill it. What happened was it got brought to me with, from an agent who said, look, we've got this in town. Now, I'd been basically poking the agent for about a year because they'd been trying to let the upstairs and all I really wanted was upstairs and I knew it was going to be good for the sort of stuff I do. So, um, so they'd signed an agreement to lease when I agreed it uh, and then by the time I exchanged they'd, they'd pretty much gone in. Uh, yeah, they were, I think they were pretty much trading actually. So the agent yeah. had teased someone up? He had and obviously they didn't want to sell it before they'd got them teed up because obviously the value is much better. So I'd never have paid that for it if that ground floor hadn't been, uh, you know, they hadn't got an agreement to, to let. But to be fair, you know, there were a couple of other retailers interested as well. Um, but it, yeah. Sorry, what's your name? Lax. Hi, Lax. Hi, evening. Hi. Uh, I think you said there is, there is uh, some floors where the area is deep. Yeah. You look at like a large HMO, three bed, four bed, flats, six bed, flats. Yeah. So you can actually squeeze in... Uh, more for flat, bigger flats. Yeah. So you yeah, you could potentially do that. Yeah, you could. Yeah, depending on the sort of layouts and the size and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
if yeah, you, you could. If, anyway, that is your goal main area. So why yeah. would you sell it? Would you even better off if you to rent it? Yeah, exactly. That that's what I generally look to do to rent it. Um, but upstairs, you know, the, the stuff on right on the top, and get a really good price per square foot on those because they're smaller units. Um, I do them at sort of 35 square metres, um, but the council have already said, no, we're having 40 as a minimum. There are no space standards, but that's just sort of what she's decided. So um, I'm, I'm happy, though, because she's, like, very logical and she's given me a list and all this sort of stuff. So... I'm just sort of listening and following instructions at the moment, yeah, because it's not always like that. Devinda. Hi, Devinda from Birmingham. Hi, Mark. Um, you know, can I just go back to what you said that you were discussing the sort of PRS funds? Yes. Can you find, uh, in, in that deal, yeah. would you ever have a chance to keep it? Uh, you know, I it works. So, please explain what were you trying to do, because I know yeah. you had to keep the stock. So we're trying to get these bonds involved yeah. with development and keep it. What we're yeah. trying to get them. So um, with these big funds, what, what happens is they, um, they'll generally, they'll want to end up owning it, okay? Right. But what they'll do, they'll forward fund it, so they'll give you all the money to build it, 100%. Right. And they probably won't charge that much for the money. But the downside is they'll want, as I found out on this, they're offering about 15% less than the end value if I sold them. The unit sizes and some other things meant that, you know, you know, the efficiency wouldn't be as good. And the biggest, well, one of the biggest things is that they'd, they'd insist on using a tier one builder, which would cost a lot, lot more. So I reckon I was about 40% behind on the GDV um, after sort of talking to those guys. But they'll fund it at probably about 5%, which is quite cheap. I'm still trying to figure out, in your mind, what yeah. would have been a, a great deal working with these, what would, what would have been a great deal? Uh, I'd probably give them a 10% discount, but on the whole lot, do you know what I mean? Rather than sort of being 40% behind after sort of jumping through all their hoops. Right, yeah. okay. So they would uh, bond you, not the place because you've already got it, yeah. bond you all the uh, development yeah. uh, and then buy up you as well? Yeah. They, they go into a contract yeah. to complete and buy everything right. at the end. Yeah. Okay, and 40% of that's, that's a hell of a discount, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, they say it's 15, but obviously, because of those other reasons, right. that's how much less or would have ended up going, getting. Obviously, you, you save money with marketing. Right. You don't have the holding time. Right. You, don't, you have less uncertainty if the market falls. Okay. Uh, you don't have the agent's fees and probably less solicitor's fees and less aggro. Um, but, yeah. Quite a lot less money, really. Okay. Depends who you know. Depends on the the, the fund that you get round. But what they're going to do? They're going to buy it. They're going to put it into a fund, yeah. some sort of pension fund, or you know, like big ones. M and G. They're doing them, and Aviva. Um, this was another one, and they just put them in there, and basically, people's pensions buy it, and then it, it probably kicks out. Maybe it kicks out five, six percent net, net, net. Mm. Goes into the pension pot, and then pays all these pensioners their, right. their monthly money. And could there any be any kind of deal where you still get to retain that? Uh, it's Not with them. You have to sell it. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. They all seem to want to buy the freehold as well. Right. Just seems to be their model. Most of them are actually building new. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hello, what's your name? Milesh. Hello, Milesh. Hi, Milesh. Good evening. Um, just a quick question around um, validation of 
uh, gross development value. Yes. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you gain confidence in, in the GDB? I know there's like for like, but yeah. as it's a new build, surely there's going to be yeah. some more kind of due diligence you need to do to try and validate it. Yeah. So my, for me, I'm, I'm pretty much doing the same stuff over and over again in a reasonably tight geographical area. That's just my model. And one of the big reasons for that is because I feel like I really know the values and what they're all selling for. It's very easy to sort of pile up north and, as these London guys do, and um, sort of get a bit confused um, on, on the values. And um, I've seen that happen quite a few times. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I, I know the values because they're, they're in a tight area. Um, you're right, though, because they're new, they're worth more, they sell for more. And when I started in this game, I used to go, oh, no way will they sell for that. Absolute nonsense. Bullshit. Do you know what I mean? All the agents that come out with this stuff, and I just go, usual agent bollocks. But, of course, they do sell for more because they're new, and especially you can get them on help to buy. So the way in which I'll do comps here is there's, there's office conversions, which are sort of at the back. There's, uh, every time there's a new office conversion, I watch them sell, so I know the three agents that sell them all, and I'm sort of pals with them now because they want my units. So as soon as I get all their sales, I'm straight on the phone, like, right, what size was it, how many bedrooms, and how much you sell it for. And then I, I write the list out, you know, so I do put it all on a spreadsheet. Then I go on to, uh, I go on to the EPC, so I check the sizes, I cross-reference what the agents told me, yeah. So the EPC gives you the size, and then I go on to right move sold to get the actual sale price. So once they've completed, that's a little bit later on, but whenever they've sort of got sale agreed or exchanged, I'll put them on my list. So then I get a value per square foot, but loads of them don't get that, and they just plough on. They go to a local architect, and the local architect says, oh, you've got to give them loads of space, you've got to give them nice units, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Now I have, because I've got to get planning permission. But when they're doing permitted development and they haven't got to get planning permission, there are no minimum sizes. So the clever ones do smaller units. I haven't quite got the balls to go down to 32 square metres, although some of the people in this room have. Um, I'm still sort of testing at that level. We know, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I was referring to you. <laughs> Yeah, go on then. Far away. Andrew's got a case study. Yeah, because uh, just as an example, in our area, the average is £250 per square foot, and that's what I use in my appraisal for the bank, so they don't think I'm sort of... Uh, Cooking the books. It. Yeah, over-egging it. But we're getting 279 to 311 and that's on units. The average is just over 30 square metres, but we have got some as small as 24 square metres in the building. Do you, do you write that they're 24 on the sales particulars? Yes. Hmm. I've, got, I've got a brochure. I might leave those off. Are they, are they studios? That's Harry Potter. Are, they, are you 24 <laughs> studios? I've got uh, a flat that's 27. A one bed? A one bed. A small. And Andrew, what's your area? Uh, it's in Gloucestershire. So, so one way in which these guys are achieving that is you, your engineer, you're taking the lobbies out, aren't you? So you yes. walk straight into the flat. So and on, you on the whole, there are no lobbies. We have, we have got three lobbies in the building, actually. Yeah. But on the whole, we uh, take out the lobbies. You've got one. So you, taking out the lobbies means you walk into the flat yeah. and you go straight into the lounge. You yeah. don't go into a corridor space. All, all you do is probably either turn left or right and you're in a bedroom. And yeah. then a little bit further on, you're at, at the... Uh, 
um, pretty much straight in front of you might have the, the bathroom and it's a, a lounge, kitchen, diner, all in one. Jeremy Corman would love you, wouldn't he? What a but bastard! <laughs> actually, it's the reverse because I'm providing uh, flats at a more affordable price than anybody else in Gloucester, therefore they will sell because they're at a lower uh, price than the opposition in Gloucester. Um, surely wouldn't they have to be that cash purchase? No, uh, you can, we've uh, been able to get uh, some cash purchases have taken some of the smaller ones but I've got a mortgage lender that will lend on the 24 square metres. Really? So it's not, I mean, normally, or the sort of perceived wisdom is there need to be 30 square metres. Yeah, perceived wisdom is about 30 square metres because that opens up the market to more lenders. Yeah. Uh, but what you find is there are one or two lenders that will do smaller units. Santander, for example, will do, they've said to me, it doesn't matter what the size is, as long as we feel it's an appropriate place for somewhere to live. Well, that's the surveyor, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah, London might be smaller, yeah. acceptable. But yeah. ours is a lower value area, so it, the smaller units do work. And yeah. the other thing is, the councils are crying out for smaller units, not necessarily smaller units. They asked us to build smaller units, more affordable units, so that people could either get on the ladder or they could get renting. I wonder whether ours would sort of say that if it was permitted development. They'd sort of say it, but they wouldn't give a planning consent on that basis. You're Do you see what right. I mean? You're probably right. Well, they, they, they won't do it. But uh, apparently they can't defend it, so um, an appeal might be lodged. Who knows? And we'll have to see. Depends if we've got much time. Question at the back. Hi, actually. <coughs> so, actually, a question. Um, just to follow up for the room. Yeah. Micro apartment, yeah. Uh, in London. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit more than 27 square metres, but not much. Um, and where you're talking about, if there's only one lender, one thing I'd be careful of, as the buyers at the end of it, um, we found it difficult to get a mortgage. Um, we did end up getting one, but they, um, the main lender that was lending on such small properties basically had maxed out how many they were. In the building. Concentration risk. Yeah. Lenders are changing their rules all the time. I, I, do you know what? There was a time when I went around and learnt them all. And then about two years later, I realised I knew nothing about all of them again. Because they just sort of changed the rules. And a lot of it is, pen, depends which underwriter it gets hold of it. And depends which surveyor it bloody values it. And you're like, well, what's the fucking point taking any notice of their rules, you know? <coughs> Yeah. Yeah, I've had that. Unsuitable security worth nothing. You're like, okay, mate. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, just, you know, from our point of view, it's actually very well. We've got very well out of it, so that was a little bit of a headache at the time. Yeah, I can imagine. Any more questions? One at the front. What's your name? I'm Shaz. Hi, Shaz. Hi, Shaz. Um, earlier you mentioned that there was a difference between uh, affordable housing and 106. Yes. I thought they were the same thing. Um, so a 106 agreement is sort of probably a bit more, a bit wider, and it can cover all sorts of different contributions. So um, we don't really have them where we are anymore, but um, 
the last 106 agreement I had to sign was for gravestones. Um, they said, oh, we want X number of gravestones in that area and you're going to have to pay for them. Um, I do so, yeah, affordable is separate. Um, it's dealt with separately normally. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the 106 can so, sort of cover, I don't know, we want to, we want to, uh, we want to, I don't know, a playing field, or we want to sort of, um, sorry? A, a road, road infrastructure. I, they just seem to go like that and go, this is what we're having, yeah. And is there a register for examples of that for each council? <laughs> no, I've never, well, what you can do, you can go on the planning authority for each council, look at the planning consent and that will usually, I don't know if it has the 106 agreement in it though. I'm not sure. Yes, it does. Yes. does it? Okay, so you can download the 106 agreement in there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>